Hold the Line with Mike Solon is brought to you by the Seattle Police Officers Guild, Seattle's public safety voice, and by Heart to Heart Medical Supply. Heart to Heart is an American company offering FDA-registered respirator masks at the lowest prices. Heart to Heart offers free same-day shipping, and by using the promo code DELTA at checkout, you can receive 5% off your entire order. Visit hearttoheart.com. That's H-A-R-T, the number two, H-A-R-T dot com. Heart to Heart, where great masks are just a click away. Hey, welcome back to Hold the Line with Mike Solon. The Seattle City Council continues to pander to the activist mob who want to push more defunding, and it's putting your public safety at more risk. Stay tuned. The line must be drawn here. This far, no farther. This is where we hold them. This is where we fight. We will not go quietly into the night. We will not vanish. Not a fight. Hold the So a piece from the Washington Times from reporter Emily Zantow, which was published recently. It says that the FBI report highlighting the U.S. homicide rate jump in 2020 is due out Monday. And Emily says that reportedly in the year of 2020 across the nation, homicides have jumped 29%. It's approximately 21,500 homicides in 2020. It's about a 5,000 it's about 5,000 more than the previous year. That's according to the New York Times that are quoted in this piece as well. But again, you also hear some of the pandering here as well that the overall homicide rate however is still lower than that of the 90s. But it's still indicative of what happens when you defund policing across the nation. So then we transition from this national piece of how homicides are through the roof, and obviously Seattle's homicides are through the roof, to local media outlets reporting on the council vote. An Essex Porter from Cairo 7 had a decent piece that I want you to, uh, to listen to, and I'll break it down a little bit here and there and pause it. And uh, we'll see what Essex has to say in terms of the council's vote. Taking resignations and new hires into account, the Seattle police have lost a total of 200 officers in the last 18 months. Councilmember Alex Peterson today proposed using one to three million dollars of the 15 million dollars in salary savings on bonuses to recruit and retain officers to fight rising crime. To demonstrate that we recognize the staffing crisis caused by the tidal wave of attrition and that we want our remaining officers and detectives to stay in Seattle. The tidal wave of attrition is because of the council's actions to malign and besmirch the great police officers in this city. Over 300 police officers gone, and I've said this many times in the podcast, because of the council's actions. It's unacceptable. So Peterson recognizes this puts forth two amendments to try to rescue whatever officers are still left in this city and then to try to rescue the PR effort to bring in quality human beings to do the job of policing. And he breaks it down even further. 
But many involved in last summer's protests want to shrink the size of the police force and use the money on social service solutions. A majority of this council pledged to defund SPD, a promise which still remains unfulfilled. This pro-cop bill refunds SPD and should be rejected. So right there, pausing it again. Two audio clips from that council meeting. And that's people participating in public comment. And if you notice the tenor, the tone of those two anti-police activists that are just trying to obviously convince the council members to vote no on these amendments, it's very scripted, isn't it? That's what I recognized in last summer's riots, in particular when the council started this 50% defunding nonsense. That was the same group of people that flooded public comment overwhelmingly. They don't represent Seattle. They're not the reasonable crowd. In fact, they're the small crowd who are very vocal. And more often than not, those types of calls are literally written down in a scripted format where it comes across very disingenuous. But some, for some reason, the council listens to them and thinks that that is the overall Seattle community's opinion on this. It's absolutely incorrect. And sadly, those people seem to control the public safety political discourse in this city. And as of note, if you are one of those people that call into public comment for whatever city council vote to try to influence them, in particular for public safety, be very cautious because as I speak about this, I will give you my own personal experience. Last summer, I participated in public comment twice. One was I used, from Spog, I used the uh, phone lines here I called in. I believe you get 30 seconds to a minute. I forget which one. Did my speech, and yeah, I wrote it out because you have a certain amount of time to get it in. Um, was it scripted? Yeah, absolutely. Just try to stay on point, just like those activists who are anti-police do. The second one was when I, I believe I was at City Hall steps right before or after the police rally. I forget how that played out. I want to say it was before because it was in the morning time. I used my personal cell phone. What ended up happening to me after that experience? I believe it was the next day, about 7.30 in the morning. My phone started to blow up with random phone calls from unknown contexts. And guess who those phone calls came from? the activist mob, the anti-police crowd pushing the defunding nonsense. So basically, I got doxxed. Pretty well played on the activist class to get my phone number, a phone number that I had for 15 years. Yeah, it's caused me a little bit of uh, time to try to recover that, uh, that unfortunate incident. Well played again. But it shows you that if you call into public comment and you're pro-police, be very mindful that you could get doxxed, such as I was. And the reason why I'm going to bring that up again is because it's relevant to our predicament in this city. Somebody's in charge of those phone calls and handling the administration of the issues with the city council public comment. 
somebody decided to leak my phone somewhere. But it shows you the level of activism that people will go to to put forth their agenda. And I'll let SXP's play out here and we'll continue. In a statement before the meeting, Mayor Durkin urged support for the hiring and retention plan. It is a false choice to invest in alternatives or hire and retain officers to meet our current 911 response. We have shown we can invest tens of millions in new alternatives. And Councilmember Andrew Lewis had concerns. Uh, what I disagree with is the reprioritization of the money component of this amendment. Uh, money earmarked for critical crime prevention programs in the Human Services Department. Now, a few minutes later, Councilmember Lewis did vote yes for a separate, less expensive plan to recruit and retain officers, but still a majority of council members rejected that plan by a five to four vote in the belief that that money as well should be devoted to alternatives to policing. So alternatives to policing, what does that look like? Well, number one, this is a money grab. It illustrates that obviously there's $15 million available because of salary savings because we've lost 300 cops, people gone thanks to the council. So that's a pile of money that the council wants their hands on, and so does the mayor's office. So it illustrates that City Hall is divided. Each house, if you will, have their own version of what alternative policing looks like. Well, news flash to everybody. They don't even know what alternative policing looks like because they're still building it. And how can you even say that non-police people can do alternative forms of policing and how does that even equate to handling the rising crime rate? Do our elected officials have an answer to that? What is your solution then to the rising crime rate? How does removing armed police solve the homicide rate that I highlighted that's across the nation but also exploding here in Seattle? What will alternative forms of policing do to solve that piece? They don't even know. But again, this is another money grab. And their vote of voting down these amendments is another example of their activism and how they placate to the activist mob. Another news piece that touches on this comes from Como, Como News. Tammy Mutasa, she's really good. I like her reporting. She's very respectful. And uh, she breaks it down even further of how defunding and the rising crime are affecting, impacting our community, the reasonable crowd. Mary, his family says it's just low and ridiculous for someone to randomly attack an 80-year-old. Now, they say if it can happen to him, it can happen to anyone else in the city. It just blows me away. I'm just overwhelmed. 80-year-old David Radicic has survived wars, the military, and now a violent random attack in Seattle. The grandpa went to the hospital after police say a man tackled him football style and knocked him face down on a concrete sidewalk. I was born here, grew up here, and I've never seen Seattle so dangerous. How about that? This is somebody that comes across really reasonable, reputable, incredible. One or her relatives, somebody within her family becomes victim to a random attack by a criminal and uh, that person escapes. I can't tell you how bad I feel about this person 
it's 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 it blows me away that we've come to this level that somebody who's obviously worried about the predicament here um, can be victimized like this. But again, we vote down two amendments. Tammy's piece continues. His daughter-in-law, Erica, and their family were walking with a veteran who was visiting from Chicago. They noticed a man charging full speed at the group. He did kind of like a football charge um, with his arms crossed. The family quickly got out of the way, but they say the grandpa didn't even have a chance to move or even turn around. Police say then he was tackled full force from behind and flew in the air. And then he fell smack right down in this area here. Erica chased after the attacker. And then I started to run down the street. It was raining. But she stopped when he jumped over this fence and escaped into the woods. In the Seattle police report, investigators say the wooded area is a well-known homeless encampment. If we don't feel safe in our own cities, we have a problem. How about that? If we don't feel safe in our own cities, we have a problem. Council, are you listening? Do you even care? This is just absolutely tragic. And again, it's highlighting the predicament that we're all in. And so what do you do? What do you do in this type of situation? Well, clearly, she wants to hold that person accountable. What did she do? How brave she was? She ran after this guy. Ran after him until the point where he climbed a fence and went into a homeless encampment in a wooded area. Smart for her not to go in there. But she's desperate for help. And she continues. Julia says in light of this and another recent random attack in Mount Baker, she now watches her back. You just have to like really uh, be aware of your surroundings all the time, but it is super scary. David's family says if the city had more officers on the streets, this grandpa may not have been a victim. I just really want the public to know that it's not safe on the streets. I want city council to know that this is what happens when we defund, you know, a police department. This is what happens when we defund a police department. I couldn't say it better myself. I'm so sorry that this has happened to them. And we're in the predicament we're in because of the city council's actions and their continued actions when they vote down two amendments to get more police in this city. Hold the Line with Mike Solon is sponsored by StopDefunding.com. The senseless trend of defunding police departments must be stopped. Over 200,000 reasonable citizens have already signed our petition, and we need your help. Visit StopDefunding.com and add your signature to help us protect public safety. Now more than ever, our voices must be heard. Speak up at StopDefunding.com. One more piece on this, too, comes from MyNorthwest.com with Hannah Scott. And Hannah highlights this council's vote. And she quotes two activists, anti-police activists, that weighed in on public comment. And here they are. Quote, funding SPD hiring bonuses with money currently dedicated to community-led public safety efforts is unjust and a complete betrayal of council's commitment to stop funding police over community needs, unquote. Other person weighs in, quote, it's an insult to consider giving hiring bonuses and retention bonuses to a department that can't figure out how to end racist thoughts and excessive use of force against black and native communities, unquote. Again, scripted anti-police activist people that flood public lines to weigh in 
with the council to get them, in my essence, bully them to do their bidding. And of course the council does. Mind you, we have still reasonable community members getting hurt, as Tammy's piece just highlighted. But one other person that Hannah quotes in her piece comes from the reasonable crowd that I view in Seattle. And this person weighed into public comment and said the following quote, This place is lawless. We have an open drug market, people getting shot very close to an elementary school during the day. We have people running right through the freeway on Aurora, causing great hazards to drivers, unquote. Very well said. And they are absolutely spot on. So what do we do? How do we get control of our city? Clearly by these news stories, that there are people being victimized because there are no police. We've been defunded. We've lost 300 officers and counting. I'm fearful we're going to lose about maybe 100 more with this mandate. Um, and it's clear that, based upon my experience, if you call into city council public comment, odds are if you're pro-police, you're going to get doxxed. Didn't happen to just me. Forgot to mention that one of my employees here, a civilian, when they called into public comment, they were doxxed, had to change their phone number. So it almost appears as if we're helpless. How do we wrestle back control? Well, what we need to do We have to, we got to get active. We have to show that the activist class does not run this city. We have to become the reasonable activist class. We have to call into public comment with the council meetings. Be a little bit more tactical with it. Call from a landline. Call from somewhere where you can block your phone number. Let's be smarter about it. I didn't expect to get doxxed when I called in. Who does that? We got to vote. You as the normal citizen are in charge of this. We're in charge. These people work for us. But I'm not sure we're getting enough people to get involved. Because crime needs to visit your doorstep. And if it doesn't, how much effort do you get to put in? Well, these news stories are showing that the reasonable people out there are being victimized. They're the ones who are saying, this is what happens when you defund the police when there's no police out there. We have to get the council to listen to us. We have to elect people that listen to the reasonable constituents and not the activist mob. We can do it. So consider, please, subscribing to this channel push this podcast out there. This is the reasonable crowd. We can do it. We can rescue Seattle. Together, we can all hold the line. Thanks for watching.